This is Scamp Life, the other side, a bi-weekly podcast for summer camp professionals with your hosts, Kelly and Shauna. Now it's time for another thought-provoking episode exploring the amazing world of summer camp. Welcome to another episode of Scamp Life, the other side. It is Kelly and Shauna, and today we have a guest with us to talk about how camp is for the counselor. Shauna, do you want to introduce our guest? Yes, so we have Joel here, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name, because as a part of the Difficult Last Name Club, I choose to let other people introduce their last name. So Joel, can you introduce yourself and tell us what you're all about? Well, my last name is Van Egbert. What am I all about? I mean, I'm all about summer camp. Um, I've been doing this for 24 years and um, I'm really excited for the opportunity to talk to you guys. So we live in a capitalistic society, right? Uh huh. That views employees just as that. Um, mm-hmm. So how would you go about changing the mindset that time for money isn't enough for today's employees? So I think for me, we have to go to the heart of the experience and we have to go back to selling the experience um, to staff. And I use the word sell intentionally, um, I guess, to ricochet off your capitalist comment that this is far more than a job and far different than any other job that a camp counselor is going to have. And for a lot of my counselors, I've worked with over 750 camp counselors, and this is a pretty formative part of not only themselves, but their professional trajectory as well. Um, I know, and I'm sure you both as well, know many camp counselors that have changed their careers, um, tweaked their careers, abandoned their careers, (laughs) um, all because of summer camp. And so I think it puts us at a disadvantage to try to compare this position to other positions. And I feel pretty confident in saying that just in, I've worked in the, in the far, the full spectrum of the word counselor, and they're all very different. I mean, we are uh, the, the little battery cells that are powering a child or a teenager's experience. And so what do we do to charge those counselors? What do we do to make sure that they understand from the get-go, this is not about the money? Although also understanding that we're doing everything we can to pay them what we feel they're worth. I I get bummed sometimes I don't feel like uh, camp directors are as transparent as they could be as to why we pay people what we pay them. Why does a second year counselor in some cases get a bigger raise than a third year counselor, you know, things like that. Um, So those are all little strategies and tools that I've learned. My largest staff was um, 140 people and that was a mixture of volunteers and camp counselors, paid camp counselors. And for me, that was the experience that I think touches on this issue is that what happens in a cabin or on a trail when your co-counselor is doing this for the love of the game and you are hoping to get paid 300 to $500 a week, it dramatically changes not only the input, but the output as well. And so um, that's that's another weird aspect of our our industry is that volunteer we have volunteers. <laughs> yeah. There's not volunteer uh, airplane pilots. There's not volunteer police officers. You know, we have volunteers, which means somewhere hidden in all of this um, is a whole lot of magic that we have either forgotten about 
or don't feel confident enough to bring up in the initial hiring process. If you can confidently say this is going to be the best summer of your life, then lean into that. <laughs> lean into that. Break that down. What does that mean? Why are you so confident in saying to, you know, a 20-year-old who um, outside of working for their mom's hair salon, this is the biggest job they've ever had. How are you going to confidently be able to back that this is the best summer of their life? Yeah, I think that's the standpoint I come from. And it's a weird industry and I don't ever want it to go away, but I sometimes feel like the more red tape and borders and walls that we put around. And I love HR people, love HR people. Um, but sometimes HR people and camp don't always see eye to eye unless you have an HR person that's done camp. And there's a lot of rule bending. Camp directors bend a ton of rules. I mean, we have camp counselors that are working uh, <laughs> on paper, 70 hour work week, sometimes a whole lot more. Um, that breaks a lot of rules. Um, we have camp counselors that if they, and they do do the math, realize they're getting paid somewhere in the neighborhood of $4 or $3 and 50 cents an hour, mm -hmm. you know, that bends and breaks the rules too. So we have to be able to anticipate all of that, build around that, and then translate it into an investment. Who are you investing in? Obviously, you're investing in the kids, but how are you investing in yourself and how can I confidently show you what this job will do for your career aspirations? You know, I think you brought up a good point, you know, that, that magic, right? Like, so Shauna, I don't remember if you have ever mentioned if you attended camp as a, as a camper or as a young counselor. Oh, you did. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, you know, when you and I went to camp and I'm sure Joel, you, you're probably about our age, like we went to camp for the magic, right? Like we... We were bought in. We were, it did not take a paycheck. It did not take, you know, a bunch of benefits or housing and, and board or, you know, all these things for us to go. We went for the magic of camp. We knew it. We were bought in. It didn't take much. This generation right. has been, you know, very difficult to sell the magic on. So, I mean, what are, what are some of those things that you might consider you know, helping to sell that magic to this generation of, of staff, because it, it's there, but yeah. they're not, they're not bought in until they get here. Right. So, you right. know, as a first time counselor, how are we, how do we sell the magic? Well, so the best, the first off, the best hiring campaign is word of mouth from other counselors. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Hands down. I mean, if you're spending money to be on cooljobs.com and these other sites, most counselors won't, but if I was a new counselor, that would cause me to question, you know, how, how, like, why, why is it, why are you putting money here when you could be putting an extra $17 on top of everyone's paycheck? Um, now I get it. There's a lot of young camps. They haven't built up that, the infrastructure and the, the culture and the tradition. And they, and maybe you're still figuring out what is your staff experience like the first, <laughs> the first piece of advice I would say to that is, Camp directors don't create the staff experience. Staff do. We can create the arena in which it's all held, the bowl in which the staff experience occurs. Um, but at the end of the day, um, what happens on their time off is equally sacred to a counselor as the opening campfire for a camper. And so understanding that if you don't guide and support staff culture, it's going to create itself and it could become a monster. And, and many of us have experienced camps where staff kind of, they run the place, they do whatever they want because 
they have learned that meta narrative that the camp director needs them and they need them so bad we're going to get wasted on a Thursday night or whatever the, whatever the, you know, the example might be. So again, if you're not creating or thinking about that staff culture, it's going to manifest itself in some way, shape or form. So you want to be able to sell that. And the best people to do that are going to be your previous staff. So I always try for professional development, but also because they're a great secondary voice, I always try to have a returning counselor with in my interviews. If I can't, then I'll, those are great people to do my pre-screening interviews. That is uh, step number one. That's the first day of camp is their interview. That's their first day of camp. So how is that interview, that conversation, that captive audience reflecting all of the incredible things that you do at your program? Now, we don't, want to, we don't want to just tell people about it, right? So you might have a slideshow that shows them. You might have had a lot of people are using staff to create camp TikTok accounts um, so that they get the day in the life of and the experiential thing. That's fine. That's great. That's moving forward and modern. I get it. But at the end of the day, they're going to need to talk to previous counselors and those previous counselors need to love their job. And you have to have the tools to validate whether or not they actually do. And that includes an end of, a mid and end of summer survey. Some camps we did daily surveys, real similar to Ikea, where it's the frowny, straight, smiley face button, just to let me know how it's going, you know? Um, how was the pool today? Straight face. Okay, how can we make it a smiley face? Bring back the speaker. They never brought it back from the dance the night before. Then, you, then you're problem solving, you know what I mean? So for me, I think it's being confident enough to ask, how am I doing? How is this? How does this feel? And then this is the big check what can we do differently? What do you think would be, what would increase this experience? And that has been my style of leadership. I remember one of the first big staffing, real cultural friction moments was I ran a camp that had both day and residential camp staff. Prior to me arriving there, the day camp staff was very separate from the residential camp staff. And it created these two bubbles of he said, she said, they said. And it was, you know, they don't work nearly as hard of hard as us, excuse me, but they're paid hourly because HR says that they're a non-residential um, thing. So they're getting paid more and they are right. They are technically working less money. So then how do you make that work? My solution was blending everyone together. Some weeks you work day camp, some weeks you work resident camp. Some days you work day camp and give a resident camp counselor a break in the evening and they love you for it. And then those two bubbles become one big diverse bubble. And then I've added in things like team backpacking trip into that dynamic and leader, leader and training programs. And the, the goal is that this is, this is a world. We build a magical world. We're all parts of it. We all contribute to it equally. And we're changing all of those lives on a, on, on a magnitude of the same level. We just have to make sure that everyone sees that. And then you get counselors who say, I don't want to work day camp. <laughs> I don't want to work resident <laughs> camp. And then that, to me, that's what you want because now you have preference. Preference is created from choices. Choices is created from experience and they can't have any of that unless you give them the opportunity to try things out. I wanna wheel back to something that you had said earlier and it kind of goes on this line. You said, pay them what they're worth versus what they think they're worth. So how do you navigate that? So how do you assess sure. somebody's worth versus what they believe they should be made? 
So in my, so I'm a, I'm a consultant and most of my consulting stems from staff issues. And I am a huge proponent of pay them more, pay them more. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Um, and let's break down the camp counselor job into three big chunky bullet points. Okay. Um, they're supervising children in some cases in a residential environment. Um, Part of that supervision is they're looking after the safety, well-being, both emotional, social, and physical, all three of those. Um, on top of that, they're delivering a program directive. So they're doing a massive job on top of delivering whatever your program happens to be. Um, that's a lot. And arguably, those people are far more your program um, <laughs> then those people are going to be far more, uh, far longer remembered than what the new tables at the, the dining hall looked like, to be perfectly honest. And so mm -hmm. um, I think there has to be an industry wide effort to show that we're willing to make sacrifices to pay counselors what we think we're worth. We live in a world where anybody with a car can make 20 to $25 an hour delivering food and packages. Um, so that's your competition. Then you have the other people who are like, you have uh, people, youngest business owners in the history of the United States of America are right now. So you have people selling themselves, creating their own brand, creating own, their own strategic plans and vision strategies. Um, and a lot of them are working, whether it's streaming or whatever, whatever, there's far more opportunities than we had when we were growing up. So then that's the other competition. So you're, you're, you're trying to tap into something selfless but selfish at the same time. It's self selfish. There's the word of the day. <laughs> so you're you're not hiding the fact that this is for children. Absolutely not. So when I use that <laughs> campus for the counselor, and I've been doing that that workshop for about a decade or so right now, it's not it's not because camp isn't for kids, but without counselors that love their jobs, what is summer camp? Mm -hmm. That's the bigger question. And if I'm a parent and I see the person that's looking after my child and they're, they're just out of it, they're on their phone, they're, you know, they're just not in it. They're not part of that welcome to camp experience or whatever the situation may be. Um, that's a major, 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 major concern. So the better mm -hmm. your counselors love your job, their jobs, the better they love their campers, you know? So, so yeah, I'm a big comp proponent of let's pay them. Um, more than that minimum wage. And it's all over the place right now. It literally is all over the place. There are still camps paying counselors $165 a week. I know it. I just talked to them last week. They That's call what it I volunteer. made. That's what yeah. I made as a counselor. That's what I made in 1999, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it because I was like- I did too. Is, <laughs> this is just enough. But yeah, I mean, I I right now am pushing for that 500 mark to be the standard. I really think that if you and and then they may not have the professional exposure, they may not have you know the full understanding of the work ethic that's involved. But at least you're paying them to learn, and you're paying them to meet the expectation, as opposed to. I know I wish I could pay you more. And now I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you meet that expectation. And then here's the part that makes me really sad. You will always get a handful of counselors that will go above and beyond regardless of their paycheck. Those are the people that get taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Those are the people that you want to have come back, but they can't because they're just so tired and they're burnt out. And the career the career path to get to camp director, camp owner, it the bottleneck is as tight as a dolphin's blow all. It's about as tight as it could possibly get. So you have 
in theory, a hundred people that love their job, but not all of them are going to be able to move forward, you know? So it's just a, it's, it's the same problems. They're just dressed up different. And it's because I think this generation is honestly the best generation to be camp counselors, but that Delta between their passion, their personal passion and the application of that passion in their job, it, that bridge hasn't been fully built yet. It hasn't been fully completed. I just, I love the current generation of, of counselors right now. And they have such wonderful ideas, incredible discussion topics with kids, but they don't necessarily know that that's the job. They think the job is babysitting plus. So again, going back to the point of we have to properly sell and confidently sell exactly what camp is. And only a camp director can answer that question. That's some really good points. Um, so speaking of this generation, I've got a couple questions surrounding Gen Z. Okay. Um, so um, thinking about them as a whole, you know, with stereotypes and everything, just as people think about millennials, like sure. we've learned over time that community is what motivates millennials. Um, but what are some motivating factors outside of monetary compensation for Gen Z that you've seen in your experience? Um mentorship and trainings are more popular now than they've ever been right now. So I think people having the agency to be able to design what their own professional development looks like. I think for me, the ACA and going to my first ACA conference was like mind blowing because I instantly went from what I thought was a single planet in the universe to like, we are, that we are connected. This is amazing. <laughs> and, um, I wanted, I, I mean, the, the stress and anxiety I got from just picking my sessions in those first handful of, uh, like that, that I still see that I still see <laughs> it's the social part is still there. I don't think it will ever go away, um, but I still see um, in in more recent conferences, like the fervor feels back, especially with younger folks. And so um, that goes to, we spend a lot of money on those conferences for the people that kind of have, I don't want to say they don't need it because I think ongoing learning is really important, but I think investing in a, in a, in a confirmed second or third year counselor, the payoff from that on your program and towards your mission is going to be, in my opinion, far more resounding than by sending your program director who's been working here for 15 years to their 15th camp conference. Um, and so I think to answer your question is you have to activate their path in terms of what do you want to do? Why are you doing this in the first place? Because if you just need a summer job, that's fine. But that midsummer checkpoint, I do I do three evaluations every summer. I do one right at the end of staff training, which is essentially, you still want to do this? Like, are you still in? <laughs> and that temperature like, read. Yeah. Yeah. And I get some good social metrics too. Like, how are you feeling? Who are you excited to work with? Who do you need more time with before I put you in the I'm in Colorado? So it's literally before I put you on top of a mountain with a group of kids the uh the mid the mid is the classic like this is what you're doing great this is what we need to work on this is what needs to stop and then the end one is all about you're evaluating us now you're evaluating me and if everything goes right then i may plant that seed for that next summer contract at that point and you can do there's all kinds of strategies to get people to sign on early you can pay them a sign on bonus once they show up 
for uh, once. I'm sorry. Once they finish that next year's staff training, because <laughs> you don't want to lose the investment of staff training. But yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think to answer your question, uh, Gen Z is really great at learning. They have incredible goals. I like to tell a lot of the older camp directors like, hey, congratulations. We did it. We have independent, confident youth. And we can't complain about it. You know? We did it. We've been we working on this for decades. We did bully prevention. We did diversity and inclusion before anybody was doing it. Yep. Camp has been ahead of the curve on all of that. And now mm -hmm. we're mad that we created independent thinking young adults <laughs> that have an aggressive fervor for their own professional and personal development. That's our <laughs> fault. So we have to work with it. We have to put, we have to create a new cookie cutter. Otherwise we're going to run into the same problems over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think again, this generation, this Gen Z generation is quite possibly the best generation of camp counselors in a very long time. Um, we just, that bridge to understanding why camp is the best place for them to practice their ideas, to um, practice what it feels like to work hard, to work passionately, and to work selflessly for someone else. I think those are all things that even if you want to go off and do DoorDash or you want to go off and start the world's most amazing underwater basket weaving Twitch stream, those four things are still going to be really important to you. You're still going to have to know what your passion is, how to activate it, how to gain the knowledge and wisdom and soft skills that you don't have so that you can become a leader in your passion, work hard, which is going to benefit you in every way. Your lawn will look great when you're 30, trust me. And to be, to be selfless, which means to work where the benefit isn't directly on you. It's abstractly on you but the benefit directly is going to someone else that creates that shared wow experience at the end of a camp session where staff are crying and hugging each other because without even saying they know they have transformed lives, but the best part is changing lives changes lives. And so by me working hard to change the lives of, I just gave myself goosebumps by me working hard. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever said that before. <laughs> um, but by me working hard for someone else has now impacted who I am as an individual. And that is something that I, I, other jobs do it, but that is something camp does very well, very well. Yeah. I think the way that you just said all that is a perfect front load for that very first interview. Like this is hard work yep. yeah. and yeah, just going in and just being brutally honest. I actually had a counselor come up to me, at the end of the summer and said, I always have my end previous year staff write a letter to the future year staff. And oh, just, I love that. That's a yeah, great I'm idea. I'm stealing that. It's, You've never told me that. I'm stealing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't gatekeeping, I swear. <laughs> I thought everybody did this. No. No. <laughs> um, so uh, this counselor came to me and said that they had wished that the counselor that wrote them their letter had been more raw about what the summer actually entails because they felt like it was very much like cookie cutter, like you're, it's just gonna be a hard summer, but it's gonna be a great summer. Yeah. You know, kind of those stereotypical things that we say. Everything that you said just before is like very raw and very foundational and setting a really good example for how this summer is gonna be. It's going to be transformative. It's going yeah. to be difficult. You're going to challenge yourself. I'm going to challenge you. So I think that, you know, opening up with that 
we'll weed out those that are like, mm, I wasn't planning on working too hard this summer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those individuals, I always have individuals that just like, aren't sure if they want to work with kids, right. you know, and then they try it out for a week and then they're like, oh those my God. Those are my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> they're either favorite. like, oh my God, I can't do this. Or, oh my God, I can't believe I never thought about doing this. Uh-huh. So setting that foundation is crucial for yeah. mindset. Yeah. Yeah. We had a facility manager, um, again, Colorado, right? So <laughs> all he had to do was shovel the snow and <laughs> we gave him meals and a place to live for the winter. Cause you know, it's a camp. Nothing's really, I mean, we have school programs, but we were fine. And he was this rough, big dude, you know, dr- drank whiskey on his time off. Uh, he was a good friend of mine. And I'll never forget when he came up and he was dead serious. He was like, God, I think I want to work camp. And I was like, are you serious and he's he's exactly who you're talking about he's like he's never worked with children before he just he knew he knew the magic he knew that there was something special on the other side of the fence there and he ended up being not not only a great counselor but one of the best ones I've ever worked with and it, it helped me coin this phrase which is kids don't deserve perfect camp counselors they deserve real people Yep. And real people will always be what helps a child develop into the person that they ultimately hope to become. That's because we are giving them all the colors of role models for them to choose to draw their future plans with. And I think some, to your point of the raw and kind of vulnerable feedback, I think kids need to be around counselors that have, but they have rough days. They need to be around counselors that forgot their water bottle. They need to be around counselors that, are winging it on the nature trail because they didn't get their lesson plan done the night before because kids are going to go through some Mm -hmm. form of all of that. And I think going back to, we called him golden bear. We use camp names, but he, uh, he was very good at being like, guys, slow down. I didn't sleep very well last night. Like he was just very always transparent, always authentic. Mm -hmm. And I remember counts, you would have those perfect camp counselors who read the manual back backwards and forwards, went to ultimate camp resource and memorized as many songs as they could before camp. But for some reason, when it's closing ceremony time and everyone's sitting in the amphitheater, the perfect camp counselors aren't, aren't always getting the like cacophony of children surrounding them. And that's because they're treating it like a job. They're treating it sterile when this is a human experience. If you and I, whoever is listening to this, Someday those campers will be old. They will be grandparents and they will tell stories about you. I'm sorry, I get emotional when I think about this, but like the impact of what we do, the the um, the institution of summer camp, the fact that Neverland exists, don't ever take that for granted. Don't ever take it for granted, the power that you have to give a child strength, not on Thursday when they're climbing or going whitewater rafting or getting on a horse, but on Thursday in 2042, when they're going through a divorce or they lost their job. That is what we are doing. And again, that is the scaffolding of the bridge because something else that Gen Z doesn't want is they don't want smoke blown up their rear end. They don't want BS. They don't want people, oh my God, you're gonna get this cool camp t-shirt and a fanny pack and you know we have movie night every Thursday. No, it's the job, sell the job. Don't sell everything around the job, sell the job because the job is one of the last bastions of true authentic human connectivity Mm -hmm. um 
And I think that's new for all you new camp pros out there. That's what we have to work on is you are creating a portal to another world. And anyone that's lines up to get inside of that thing is lucky. How do you, how do you convey that? How do you get that across? Yeah. You know, it's really important. You mentioned just there at the end, you know, we are, we are created that human connection, that human interaction and and with technology being so ingrained into to Gen Z, Gen Alpha, all these, you know, future generations coming up, you know, yes, we utilize technology at camp in various different ways, but we really are becoming the only place left for that raw connection between yeah. youth, between young people. And it's so important that, yeah. you know, we, I don't want to say disconnect because I feel like technology coming into camp is just something that's inevitable and it's going to uh-huh. happen. I agree. But finding ways to create those raw experiences, you know, like you said, a whim we- lesson plan in the woods. Like I do that all the time. I mean, I took a group. I've One of the an, favorite parts of my job. So much fun. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I took a group a couple of years ago because yeah. I had some time and I was just like, oh, cool. They're getting ready to go to do choice activity. I'll go run one. Like, why not? And, yes, please. And you and grab I, whatever you can on the way and it's exactly. go time. I love it. I, I didn't even know what I was doing. I just I just went up to the counselors and I said, I'll run one for you guys. And and they were the teens. So they were very yeah. skeptical of like, what are you doing? Yeah. And like, and I was like, I, I turned to the counselors like, I don't know what I'm doing yet. We're just going to make it up as we go. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I brought the, I had to bring the kids over to the water cooler to fill their water bottles up before we yeah. did whatever. And then I see the pile of cardboard outside the kitchen. And I was like, okay, go grab as much cardboard as you want. I radioed the arts and crafts director. I said, do you have anybody in there right now? And she's like, nope. I'm like, cool. I'm bringing like a handful of kids. We're going to go do something. And then yeah. I radioed the waterfront director. And I was like, hey, what? when's your next you know, period? And we made cardboard boats. And then they went in the pool with them and tried to float them. The kids loved it. And they're teens. Yes. You know, like yes. one of the hardest groups to get them in. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, but yeah, that co- yeah. that also comes from experience, you know, having the director do that. Sure. But, you know, sure. it also demonstrated to the counselors, like, you could do this. Like, all I did was, like, see the cardboard outside that we're going to throw out. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> yeah. And that brings so up true. a good point, too, is like, okay, we've talked a lot about getting them to the door. But then when they're at camp, you know, millennial and Gen Z, they, they want to they want to touch the machine. They want to be mm-hmm. behind the curtain sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes whether we have an amazing program staff, the layers to get to that point of creating programs, which to me is like an art form, just like you said, to be able to come up with an idea and make it real again, outside of being a movie director, there's very few places in the real world where you can say, I want to have a reason to buy a Bigfoot costume. I'm going to make it, I'm going to make an evening program. <laughs> which is exactly what I did. And so like one year I did a flash mob when flash mobs were really popular. And I had a really, I had a 92% returning staff rate. So I was like, they're not going to do group juggle and human not again. Like we have to come up with some different team building. And I had a Manila envelope. It had a real simple set of instructions and it said, you're going to create a flash mob. We're going to perform it in Breckenridge at the end of the week. I don't care who's in charge and I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm going to be there to press play on whatever song you tell me to play instead of doing all these staff train like classics. And we did some of that, you know, I always work Mm -hmm. in some new stuff because I also want them to do this with kids. So I have to kind of, we had to do some of it, but that was their main, like, 
team building experience and um they did it <laughs> they did it they did uh 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 you make my dreams come true by holland oats and they crushed it you know so oh, that's awesome i kind of want to bring that back <laughs> but they but but again to my point it's like they led it they created it they did all of it and so from the first mo- week of camp they are now touching the machine they are part of building that experience um and i've learned specifically with gen z and I, i'm not a big fan of generalizing in any way shape or form so i'll i'll say that up front but if there's not enough for them to have autonomy over and to touch, they will find things. And in most cases, and I've talked to many camp directors about this, it kind of is unweaving the magic of camp. And what I mean is they might start to think about some of the songs different or some of the skits different and they'll put, they want to have a voice. So they'll put that input out there. Um, And not that that input's not valid, not that we should, (laughs) we definitely should probably revisit some of our camp songs. Um, But if, but again, create the space where like camper choice, for example, I don't understand outside of your classic archery, canoeing, you know, whatever your classic site-based activities are, let the rest be made up by counselors, Mm -hmm. just like you described Kelly, because that's, again, that's helping them. And, oh my God, they understand your job better now because now they're the one sitting in front of a computer or a piece of paper trying to come out, come up with a game that teaches kids the web of life or whatever the case may be. So I think that's a big one is once they're in, let them do as much observation and trying things out as possible. Um, because then the slideshow at the end is, is it's extra rewarding because they're seeing their stuff and their impact and their mm-hmm. creativity. I tell all my staff that they can try anything as long as it's number one safe for, for all involved. <laughs> yeah. And we can keep it within budget. Other than that, yeah. like we will will try what you want, do what you want. Uh, and let's talk about it later, whether it needs to be revised, whether it needs to be, you know, okay, we'll never do yeah. this again, but at least you yeah. tried it and what went well, what didn't. But safety is priority. And then what do you need? I'll get you anything you need to try, whatever you want. As long as, I mean, I'm not going to go out and buy, you know, a giant whatever that's, you know, $20,000, but, you know. <laughs> Bouncy house. About, well, we have one of those, unfortunately. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> one of those. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, but like, I'll go out and I'll get, I'll spend 20 bucks and get you whatever supplies you need, or maybe we yeah. even have it already. So, you know, I'm yeah. always, I had one person come up to me like, okay, I want to totally redo how we do camper choice signups. I said, okay, what do you need? He goes index cards. I said, pull out of my drawer. Here you go. Like, let's go. I love that. I love that fostering a environment and culture that is solution oriented instead of let's complain at the end and, and at the end of a staff meeting at the end of yep. a week, and then we tank this entire beautiful week because, you know, there weren't enough forks at breakfast or whatever the case may be. Like, <laughs> let's come up with some solutions. Yes. Or what, you know. I love that. I'm, I work for a niche camp. We have curriculum, but um, over the past few years, I've been trying to build in more of that traditional day camp setting. And, you know, during the magic of COVID, when we were all stuck at home, um, we did Zoom camp, as you know, most people did. And one day of the week for half of the day of Zoom camp, we just did nothing that had to do with Zoom, nothing that had to do with animals. It was just something fun. Your guys' back and forth is just making me think like, I want to bring that back. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. And it was, uh, 
we didn't have counselors that summer. It was mostly our staff working because we yeah. had layoffs and everything. Like just giving the counselors that autonomy, especially yeah. when you work from a curriculum, I think will do wonders. And now I have yeah. to figure out how I'm going to frame that to the powers that be. <laughs> but I'm going to do it. Hey, you've got yeah. time right now, Shauna. Like, yeah, I start do. Using well, that. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I think as, because I know a lot of folks are in the process of, writing out their program descriptions for next mm -hmm. summer, getting their registration started to get spiffed up, um, starting to think about hiring. Just think of literally everything should have a percentage of creation that can come from your counselors. For example, the, the, the opening campfire, classic summer camp opening campfire, I don't need to pick those songs and skits. I just need there to be songs and skits. And I pick different counselors too, because otherwise, if I do one, there's a chance it won't get done. But if I do two, it gets done. <laughs> you come up with it and then let people know. And then on that first dinner, you see them going around with the clipboard, getting ideas for that. And they're so excited. And like, Joel, we came up with a whole theme. You're going to love it. You know, whatever it is, I don't care. I love as a program creator. Um, and I feel like this at weddings sometimes too. I love being a part of an experience I didn't have to craft. <laughs> like yes. I, oh my I, gosh, love, yes. I love, like if someone sits down, like, listen, we're going to paint rocks for two hours. I'm like, I'm let's in. go. This is going to be yes. awesome. You know, <laughs> just because I didn't have to come up with it. Um, so yes, please give them, if you want future program directors, start early, you know, mm -hmm. start getting them involved as early as possible. And um, don't be the, uh, summer camp Jesus was a term that came out of a camp I worked with. Summer camp Jesus is everyone has that counselor who just walks across the pond. Like I got this guys. And they entertain 75 <laughs> children. And they're like, that's a, I know everyone Every knows who those people are. One. There might be three of there might be three of them right here. But if that's, if that's who you are, you might want to hold off until midsummer when their energy starts to dip and mm -hmm. then you're their savior. Yeah. Hashtag summer camp Jesus. Um, <laughs> let them oh let God. them work. Let them let them bust their hump in the beginning of the summer when they have the mm -hmm. energy, and then yeah. yeah, and then let your support staff shine when they need to swoop in and and do exactly what you talked about. Kelly is like, hey guys, take a break. I'm going to lead this activity, yep. you know, or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. Yeah. Oh, and it's and it gives us as directors kid time too that we don't always yeah. get. So like it energizes mm -hmm. us to you know, by, you know, midway through the summer. Okay. I'm tired of sitting in my office, you know, managing, right yeah. like I'm a one person show. So yeah. like I do it all. I do the marketing, I do the, the registration, I do it all. So, you yes. know, halfway through the summer, I'm like, cool. There's only so many weeks left to camp. The registration's almost done. There's very yep. little marketing I've got to push. Like let yep. me outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And I let them, that. and yeah, let them know that's coming too. Uh, we, when I worked at a camp, one of the big things was, um, we had a rule one summer that if a counselor ever asked you to come play, you couldn't say no. You had to go play. Even if it was five or 10 minutes, you threw a couple water balloons, got a little shaving cream on you, whatever the case may be. Make that rule where you can play in the world that you created. Otherwise, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. What are we doing yeah. here? Because I know I didn't get into this for Excel spreadsheets and marketing materials, no. although I've learned to love those things. <laughs> But like I, I, I own not. my I own my own camps now, and I I get the opportunity to staff myself as a counselor mm -hmm. because that's the role I would choose to do. So I work really hard by the beginning of the summer to make sure I have no administrative work to do. And sure, there's always a couple little things, but I'm out there. I'm swimming in the lazy river. I'm hiking on the hikes. I'm doing all the things because 
I'm selfish. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good because not yeah. like I know. Like, so like last summer, I, I definitely was not able to do that. I ended up being in the barn because my barn staff quit. But, you know, oh. yeah. But like, that is what I strive for, right? Like, I think that every every director should strive for exactly what you're talking about, Joel, like being yeah. able to get out, you know, because also too, it's showing our counselors that one, we're still in this. Like, yes. we're not just here in the office and doing all the the crazy stuff behind the scenes that you hear about. Like, yeah. we, we know what we're doing. Majority of us have been camp counselors before. We, yeah. you know, I went and a couple of years ago, I went and worked at my old home camp for two weeks right after my summer ended. And it was the best oh. experience ever. Like I literally yeah. ended camp on a Friday. I flew out on a Saturday and I was two weeks in cabin with 10 year olds. Right. On. And it was so much fun. And everyone thought I was crazy. All my mentors thought I was crazy. And it was the best experience ever because yeah. I didn't get a chance to get out much that yeah. year, which just was happenstance. And then I went to go play. And it was great. And yeah. I got to go to my home camp. So, you know, there's that connection for me there anyway. But yeah, I learned a lot. I brought back so much to to this camp about different things and how they were doing things now. Because it had been, yeah. you know, however many yeah. years since I'd been there. But I, I recommend that to everybody. Like, go, if you're done with your summer, go help someone else. <laughs> yeah. Or at the very least, go give your counselors breaks in the evening. Yes. Go surprise them with a yeah. Frappuccino if you're running a day mm-hmm. camp, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be. Let them know. However you decide, let them know you see them doing all the things you talked about in that interview process, all the things you talked about during that staff training. Just let them know that you see them. And then, of course, validation, positive reinforcement. Everyone has their own version of ways that we can be authentic at the end of a week or midsummer and share how we're feeling and who we're grateful for Um, that again, that all weaves a really strong web that holds up that entire staff. And then unfortunately, sometimes you see a couple of folks that just still aren't holding on, but that's okay. That's the human experience. Mm -hmm. And part of uh, counselor a who's working really hard is knowing that he's covering for counselor B. So it's still a very compassionate thing, but um, yeah, you just got to, you gotta, we're all camp counselors at the end of the day. Yes. Uh, when I worked for Paul Newman camps, that was a big motto is that the finance person, the, the, um, the maintenance guy, the cook they're at your first job is camp counselor. And then you have your other job. And so you're always ready to jump in and sit with a kid and ask how their day's been, or go into a cabin and sit in on a candle chat or, um, surprise your staff and go on the the field trip or whatever it might be. But that's my goal um, this year I, is to go on the field trip. Careful. Some, some, we can't say, we can't say those things out loud. <laughs> the camp Kelly, you're not going us. on the field trip this summer. <laughs> you just I know. <laughs> I had that for a whole summer. I was like, I'm going to go on a rafting trip this year. And it just didn't. Workout. Fortunately, like if I were to take my own car, I could probably manage like an hour or two of the field trip because it's literally right. It's like 10, 20 minutes from camp. Okay. So okay, like yeah, if I went for like an hour or something, I might be able to to do it. All my leadership are returning this year. Like I'm right now on paper, yeah. I'm set. We might be able to make this work. Do it. Well, and if they and again, if they know it's important to you, yeah. then that's another thing. Camp directors. We don't always feel supported sometimes mm-hmm. we're like we're the number one snuggly bear at camp and we're here to help mm-hmm. everybody 
but so rarely, so rarely does someone come up to the camp director and say, how are you doing? Or better yet, <laughs> you did a great job yesterday. I haven't heard that in 15 I years. Have, I know. <laughs> Oh, in a perfect oh. world. <laughs> but I love that idea. I mean, you could easily have like one of your last weeks of summer be, you know, we're going to pull out a couple counts. I've done this before because, it, well, maybe lower numbers, like pull a couple counselors out, let them be the one run around team, let them hold the walkie talkie, give them the keys to the golf cart. And then you get to play more with kids. And mm. that is going to, again, that's going to help create future camp professionals and it, it, it also gives them a great deal of empathy for the, for the job that you do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, we have been talking for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like it. I know. It doesn't. I know. This was wonderful. Um, I hope our listeners were able to take some little nuggets that they can bring back to their camp. And I just want to thank you, Joel, for coming here and being raw and open to, you know, talk about your expertise in this area and, I hope that, you know, everybody takes something and pumps up their staff this summer um, and really starts to shift that culture into a program versus they're just my employees. I know that's something that I've been working on the past few years. And just thank you for being here with us. Thank you both for the work that you do. And I think your show and platforms like this are really crucial to, again, building that bridge and connecting people and understanding that, again, there's this magical world that only exists for a couple months, <laughs> depending where in the world you are, <laughs> but and that as many people should have access to it as possible. So um, awesome. I appreciate you. Yeah. So, Joel, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to find you? Um, I'm on TikTok, um, like most awkward I won't say my age, but but like most awkward adults that are too old for TikTok. It's, I'm true. super shark. I'm super shark everywhere. If you ever want to send me an email, it's joel at wildchild.camp. And I moderate most of the big summer camp groups on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So if you're in any of those groups, give me a shout out. Um, and there's talks that we might try to do more of a live Q&A, like more of this, but just let's just let's just get all the big questions out of the way. Yeah, come find me if you want to uh, learn more about Summer Camp Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Joel. It was great having you on the show. And listeners, come back in a couple weeks. We'll have another one for you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.